0: you. <music>
1: The things that we go through that are good and easy and the the road we walk that is difficult and challenges us every moment, those are all woven together into a life that God says, I'm going to make it good because you love me. And and it becomes a testimony to those who are around us. We spoke about that in uh, Robert brought us a psalm this morning. In Sunday school, anyone who'd like to join us for Sunday school, it's at 8.15, and we are still in the psalms and having a wonderful time studying psalms. And today, we, we, really, we really spoke about the foundational truths and living in those, but that God, God is a wonderful and a kind God who does all things, working them together for good. Praise the Lord, thank you. Let me open in prayer. Dear Father, what a precious promise that is that all things will work together in our lives for those who love the Lord. And as we walk through our lives, we have such wonderful, glorious moments and they are mixed with hard and challenging ones. And somehow you take them and you weave a tapestry of great life and beauty. And so, Father, we do come before you this morning offering not only our church, but our individual lives. Work according to your purpose in each of us. Make us according to what you have for us to be, that we might be a light in our families and in this community, and that we might serve you well. We love you, Lord, and we say again, come, Lord Jesus. Good morning, everybody.
2: For those of you that are aware of what's been going on over in Hawaii, devastation, but the word of hope that I'd heard from, uh, or regarding the banyan tree that's over there, it's a historical tree. Um, they expect it to survive. Uh-huh. Wow. And then i had heard of an interview with a, a lady that encouraged her dad to leave his home on Maui. But he said, no, I'm gonna be fine. I've weathered the storms before. Sadly, he didn't make it. My hope is that he knew the Lord Jesus. And it's a reminder to us that, you know, if that dad didn't know the Lord Jesus, that we'd still be throwing out that lifeline, the life preserver, the word of hope, and that leads us to the hope of heaven. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Death is the one experience through which we will all pass. We may meet it with resignation, denial, or even without a moment's thought, but it will come. But death for the believer is distinctly different from what is the unbeliever's uh, uh, outlook. For us, it is nothing to be feared or shunned, for we know death is but the shadowed threshold to the palace of God. No wonder Paul declared, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Sometime God gives his departing saints a glimpse of heaven, partly we believe is to encourage those of us that remained. Just before dying, Billy Graham's grandmother sat up in bed, smiled, and said, I see Jesus, and he has his hand outstretched to me, and there is Ben, and he has both his eyes and both his legs. Ben was Billy Graham's grandfather who had lost an eye and a leg at Gettysburg. Are you looking forward to that day when you will go to be with Christ, which is far better? The hope for today, excuse me, the hope for today. Do you dread or fear death? God promises that the glories await us will outshine anything that we can be leaving behind.
0: If you'd like to stand, you can.
3: Okay, Uh, I'm going to read out of um, Ephesians uh, 3 this morning. It was part of my devotions this week, and it just spoke to me um, for today to share. So it is Ephesians 3, uh, 14 through 19. When I think of the wisdom and scope of his plan, which is God's plan, I fall down on my knees and pray to the Father of all the great family of God, some of them already in heaven and some down here on earth, that out of his glorious unlimited resources he will give you the mighty inner strengthening of his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him may your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love and may you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should how long how wide how deep and how high his love really is and to experience this love for yourselves though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it and so at last you will be filled up with God himself. Praise God. That's amazing, that's amazing love. Um, Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day with grateful hearts. We thank you for your love and mercy that never fail us. As we gather today, we ask that you bless those persons who are on our prayer page. And unspoken requests. We lift up those people and their individual situations to you for your wisdom and forgiveness of our sins and our church, Desert Gardens. We ask for guidance, strength, and healing. We give you thanks and praise for what you are doing and for your amazing, unending love. In Jesus Christ's holy name, I pray. Amen.
4: We're going to look at the chapter in Daniel this morning, and if you read the first seven verses, you'll have an idea of what's going on. That's for just to entice you back into Daniel. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, "My Lord, what shall be the end of these things?" And he said, "Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed." the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be one thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the one thousand 335 days but you go your way till the end for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days our Father Lord, who art so in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy, thy name thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy will be done on earth, that done, earth as it is, is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory
5: forever amen our reading does come from matthew chapter 14 but it is 22 through 33. immediately after this About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. "'Yes, come,' Jesus said." So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. "'Save me, Lord!' he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. "'You have so little faith,' Jesus said. "'Why did you doubt me?' When Jesus climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. And we say, ah, duh. But, you know, they were there. It was a different thing when, you, when you're right there. Uh, if you'll join me in the responsive reading, God of Salvation. Who sent your son to seek out and save what is lost. Hear our prayers on behalf of those who were lost on the Receiving these petitions and thanksgivings with our unending compassion. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father and Creator of the Universe, Owner of all, you can your powers are beyond anything that we can understand. You fortunately have left us an instruction manual, and Lord, it's 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 there's a lot of things we're supposed to do. And Lord, we we try our best to learn more about you, through through the through the Bible, and you do teach us to give, to share that you have shared with us and we share with others. So, Lord, we ask that the gifts that we give today be used in a way that is pleasing in your sight. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Frankly, I stand amazed at the unfathomable complexity of God's wisdom and God's knowledge. How could man understand his reasons for actions or explain his methods of working? For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has given him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him— All things to him be the glory forever. Amen. I stand amazed if you'd like to stand. If you'd like to stand.
0: I stand amazed.
6: That should have got your heartbeat a little quicker. Yeah. <laughs> Title of my sermon this morning is Children of God, Part Two, Recreation. Our text this morning is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 5. Last week, we did a deep dive into the humanity of Christ, and we answered the question, did Jesus ascend into heaven as a man? And if so, will he forever be God and man? I feel so sad for we Cumberloons because we have no catechism. But guess what? We're going to do one this morning. What you heard this last week, we're going to review and make it into a catechism. We're going to own it this morning and make it ours. Typically, catechisms are questions and answers. And uh, we'll do basically a question and answer format this morning. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are ours and uh, we bless you We, we are truly blessed that you are ours we acknowledge that we praise and thank you for that we ask you to speak to our hearts and minds open our spiritual ears open our minds to receive the truth of your word this morning and let it empower us encourage us in Jesus name Amen. Show us slide one, if you would, please. Question number one Who is the Redeemer of God's elect? First of all, who are God's elect? Billy Graham, Martin Luther, Mother Teresa, St. Paul? Yes and you, and you. Colossians chapter 3, verses 11 and 12 from the Living Bible. In this new life, one's nationality or race or education or social position is unimportant. Such things mean nothing. Whether a person has Christ is what matters and Christ is equally available to all. Bless the Lord. Since you have been chosen by God who has given you this new kind of life and because of His deep love and concern for you, the King James here says, Therefore, as the elect of God, you should practice tender-hearted mercy and kindness to others. If you're alive to Christ, you are God's elect. In other words, if you have the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, we all struggle with that last one, then you are God's elect. Slide two, please. Question number two. Did Jesus ascend into heaven as God and man? The answer, the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, became man, and so was and continues to be God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. He was seated at the right hand of God presently has glorified flesh. Bless the Lord. First Timothy chapter two, verse five from the ESV. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. If you deny the inhumanity of Christ, you are in effect denying your salvation. If Jesus Christ does not have a glorified body, you won't either. Think on that. The 40 days Jesus spent on this earth in his glorified body was a foreshadowing of his millennial kingdom. We will rule and reign with him on this earth for a thousand years in glorified bodies. In the new heaven and new earth, we will have glorified bodies just like our Savior. We will be like Him. Hebrews 7.24 But because Jesus lives forever, His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, He is able once and forever to save completely those who come to God through Him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Slide three, please. Before the advent of Jesus Christ, every high priest was a man, and therefore he died. Hebrews 7.25 from the Amplified. Jesus holds his priesthood permanently and without change because he lives on forever. Therefore, he is able to save forever, completely, perfectly, for eternity, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene with God on their behalf. Can I hear an amen? Jesus lived his life on this earth as a man, and therefore he is perfectly empathetic and compassionate regarding our weaknesses. Slide four, please. Philippians 2.7 from the message. When the time came, Jesus set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human for eternity. Jesus set aside his divine privileges of all-knowing, everywhere present, and all-powerful. Why? Don't think for a minute he set aside his divinity. Never. Not a micron of his divinity. But he set aside his privileges of deity to show us how to live before God totally dependent, on the Holy Spirit. Every miracle Jesus did, he prayed and got the power for that miracle from the Holy Spirit, just as we do. Colossians 2.9 from the NLT. For in Christ dwells all the fullness of God in a human body and forever. The Greek word for dwells is katoikeo, And it means to reside permanently. Permanently. Do you remember last week what Ignatius said before his execution? You will remember he was a contemporary of St. Paul and St. John. He even pastored the church at, uh, what escapes me? Paul's Sending Church, uh, Antioch. In a letter to the Christians in Rome, he said, let me die. For when I enter heaven, I will then be a true human being. Think on that. We were created as human beings, but we lost the fullness of our nature through the sin of Adam. And now death corrupts our bodies and sin spoils our souls. It took a second Adam, Jesus Christ, to become fully human and through His divinity show us what it means to be truly human. None of us will be true human beings until we reach heaven. None of us will be perfect body, soul, and spirit until we reach heaven. In His glorified body of flesh, Jesus started a new creation. Father God recreated mankind through the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mankind recreated. In Jesus Christ, Father God gave, created a new Adam and a perfect Adam. Do you see God's reclamation of the Garden of Eden in His plan of salvation? We call Jesus the second Adam for good reason. God set the world right. He set humankind right through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ spoke the cosmos into being and then mankind. Therefore, only Jesus Christ could be the perfect sacrifice to redeem and recreate mankind and thereby reclaim Eden. Have you thought of that before? The reclamation of Eden. And I know what you're thinking. Now wait a minute. I've seen some of the most beautiful places on earth. But as a whole, this ain't Eden. But Eden is coming again. It will last 1,000 years. And there will be no global warming. There will be no Bill Gates trying to dim the sun. There will be no damage to the ozone, no hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, because the one who said, peace be still to the tempest will be in permanent residence here. Almighty God will dwell among us. Hebrews 9.22 Almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. God's law reveals His character. After God banished Adam and Eve from the garden, I think the thought process of Jesus was this. I created mankind. I breathed my breath into Adam, my very spirit. Therefore only my spirit, my flesh, and my blood will purge the sins of mankind. God's law reveals the righteousness of his character. But do you really understand God's commitment to himself to restore Eden? If you think about it, the redemption of Eden is at the heart of Scripture. Because the redemption of Eden is the redemption of mankind. Just like Jerusalem, Eden is holy. Eden is eternal because it's God's creation. God is very begrudging about His creation. A new heaven and an earth. New heaven and a new earth. Think about it. Why a new heaven and a new earth? You don't tamper with what God has made. You don't desecrate it. If you do, he will destroy it and recreate it. He's very, very grudging about his creation. You don't sully what God has made. All-knowing God knew that Eden would be desecrated even before he created it. He knew that creating us as free moral agents would mean leaving us to our own devices to stumble through several thousand years of apathy and apostasy. But he chose to honor the glory of his own character by redeeming us with his blood. We call that grace. And speaking of grace, when did Jesus start his journey to earth? When did he pack his bags and prepare for his advent to this earth? When he heard Eve crunching on the apple. The salvation story is all about the restoration of Eden. The last pages of the book tell us so. Slide five, please. Revelation 21, 3 through 5. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people. He will live with them and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them. Eden restored. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. We had all this in Eden before the fall. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all, underline that, all these things. And I will be their God and they will be my children. It's all about Eden. It's all about walking with God in his garden. It's all about perfect communion with our Creator and Savior. It's all about God recreating the Eden that he originally intended. That's what the new heaven and the new earth is all about. Recreating what was lost. Slide six, please. Question number three. Why is Jesus called the first fruits of the dead? The answer, because he was the first man to rise from the dead. Now I know what you think. Well, what about Lazarus? But Lazarus did not rise in a glorified body. Lazarus, in fact, died again. The first to rise from the dead in a glorified body. First fruits is a throwback to the Old Testament feast of weeks. In Exodus 34, God says, You must celebrate the festival of the harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest, the festival of weeks, the festival of first fruits. Revelation 1, verses 4 through 6, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made a kingdom of priest for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Are we a kingdom of priests? If we're not, we should be. Slide seven, please. First Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 16 through 23 from the Amplified Bible. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and powerless, mere delusion. You are still in your sins and under the control and penalty of sin. Then those also who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ, are lost. If we who are abiding in Christ have hoped only in this life and believe that this is all there is, then we are people most miserable and to be pitied. But now, as things really are, Christ has in fact been raised from the dead. And he became the first fruits, that is, the first to be resurrected with an incorruptible and immortal body, foreshadowing the resurrection of those who have fallen asleep in death. For since it was by a man that death came into the world, it is also by a man that the resurrection of the dead has come. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ, the first fruits; then those who are, in, those who are Christ's own, will be resurrected with incorruptible, immortal bodies at His coming. Can I hear an amen? Slide 8, please. Colossians 1.17 And He, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him, Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead should dwell and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross, recreated. Slide 9. Colossians 1, 15 and 16 from the message. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything he created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, He organizes and holds it together like the head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals, atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down the cross. Recreation. He who created Eden redeemed Eden with his own blood. Do we see recreation of mankind as the very reason Christ died? Not just the forgiveness of our sins, not just that we will share eternity with him, but to recreate us. God made Christ's sacrifice on the cross, his recreation of the human race, his redemption of Eden, all by way of the first real true human Slide 10, please. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands we grow weary in our present bodies and we long to be put to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing for we will put on heavenly bodies underline this we will not be spirits without bodies While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Slide 11. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead with people, come back to God. Why has God allowed so many heartbreaks in your life? I know you've thought on this. Have you ever asked yourself this? But to God, a broken heart is beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. Slide 12, please. Psalm 51, 17 from the Amplified Bible. My only sacrifice that is acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart broken with sorrow for sin, thoroughly penitent, such, O God, you will not despise. Scientifically speaking, if you break a clay pot and then bond it back together with glue, the glue actually adds dimension, weight and volume to the pot. The pot becomes bigger. There is more room in a broken heart. It becomes bigger, excuse me, maybe only by microns, but it becomes bigger. Therefore, there truly is more room in a broken heart. So, what if your heart was made of clay? If it were, then it stands to reason it would be easily shattered. Slide 13. Excuse me. Have you broken a clay pot and then tried to glue it back together? It's a dubious task. Imagine though if you glued each piece back together with clear silicone. And after it dried you put a light inside that pot, what would you see? You'd see a a spider-like network of light. You would see light pouring through all those cracks. And before long you would be mesmerized by the light and you'd marvel that it's more beautiful now than ever. Jesus in our lives shines through all the broken pieces, all the broken parts. Every piece of our shattered lives is held together by the glue of his Holy Spirit. It's obvious to others, especially those who are lost deep in the darkness of sin, that the light shines from inside us. And if that light is bright, eventually they are mesmerized. And if you stand there and shine long enough, those who are lost in the darkness will see the miracle that resides in you. So let Jesus shine through your broken life. Your light is the hope of a dying world. Slide 14. Second Corinthians 4 6 through 7. For God who said let light shine out of darkness made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Psalm 147, 4. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. 300 billion galaxies. Countless millions of stars in each one. And he counts them all. And he calls them all by name. And we allow ourselves to question this. And we ask, but has he forgotten my name? Is he so busy counting the stars that he's unaware of my circumstances? The stars cannot sing his praises, but the sparrows do. The stars cannot glorify God by living out his truth. The sparrow cannot do that nearly as well as you. Jesus did not die to reconcile the stars. He did not die to reconcile the sparrows but He is truly busy reconciling His entire creation to Himself, including you. And that's good news. That's very good news. It's the best news ever. In summary, let me ask you this. When you think of heaven, what do you imagine? Walls of jasper, streets of pure, transparent gold, Foundation stones made of sapphire, emerald, onyx, quartz, and topaz. Gates made of pearl. Let me ask you this. Where's Eden? I think Eden is squarely in the middle of everything. I think it's just like Central Park in New York City. Squarely in the middle of everything. But heaven can wait. Because if we're still breathing, we've got a job to do. There are lost souls on every street in this town. Lost souls who don't know Jesus and have no idea who he is. And we have the good news. We simply must share it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, open our minds. To comprehend just a little bit of your majesty, of your greatness, of your glory. Expand our minds to gain some comprehension of the width, the depth, the height, the length of your great love. Break our hearts so there's more room. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Give us conviction. Give us a hunger to speak your truth to the lost. Never miss an opportunity to speak your truth to the lost. We ask it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. My benediction, this morning is from Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. From E.H. Peterson. When we sin and mess up our lives, God doesn't go far off and leave us. He enters into our trouble and saves us. That is good. It's so good that we discover reasons and motivations for living in faith and then find that God is already there helping us do it. And that is good. That is very good. Praise God. A Christian wrote Augustine should be an alleluia from head to foot. That is the truth of our lives. God made us, redeems us, and provides for us. Therefore, the natural, logical response to that is to praise God. Blessings to all of you.
5: be sons and daughters to me says the Lord Almighty
2: Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand.